today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Sometimes we feel like God is distant, like God has forgotten me, like God is not hearing, let alone answering my prayers. This is, I just don't feel the Lord's presence right now. Oh, so we're living by feelings now? We're walking by feelings. How many decisions have we made to our own peril based on our feelings and not on the Word? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Feelings are different than facts. Sometimes it makes sense to make a decision based on gut feeling. But as Pastor J.D. shares in today's study, your relationship with the Father can't be based upon your feelings. Focus on the promises, fulfilled prophecy, and truth found in the Bible to ground your faith. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah, chapter 44, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. When somebody likes one of your posts, Woo, dopamine, dopamine, and then you get, no, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And we get addicted to that. It's got a hold on me. I think I'm holding this in my right hand. No, this thing that I hold in my right hand has got a hold on me. Oh man, I, I buy nice covers for it. Mine's not all that nice, but it's only like $19, I think, for my cover. What does your cover look like? <laughs> all fancy Nancy, probably. We buy nice covers for it. We download expensive apps on it. And we rely on it for everything. I'm so convicted right now. I think I want to move on, but I don't know that I have permission to. Think about it. How much of a hold does this little man-made God have on us? They've done studies on this, by the way. Try to not go on it for five minutes and see how you do. <laughs> how about five hours? Five days? No, no, there's no way. Oh, really? Oh, we're really clever when it comes to this. So spiritual. No, I got my Bible on it. It's got my prayer list on it too. Okay, fine. Whatever floats your boat, that's fine. But really? Again, nothing wrong with having it. It's not what you have, it's what has you. This goes for the cars we drive, you know. It's okay to have, <laughs> i got to share with you a humorous story. Do I have time? Not really, but oh well. Years ago, many, long time ago in a land far, far away, when I used to work for Mercedes-Benz, and I drove one. Oh, nice car. It was not my car. I could not afford In fact, I couldn't afford the tax and the licensing on the thing, but it was a company car, so I drove it to church one day with my wife in the passenger seat. And as we're getting ready to leave, 
Up walks this guy, taps on the window on my wife's side. Now, that's not cool. So I I roll the window down, electric window, (laughs) this much. And he says, brother, I need to ask for your forgiveness. I'm like, what'd you do? What for? He says, you know, I judged you. I coveted. I envied. And I said to myself, you cannot be a Christian and drive a car that nice. You cannot be a Christian and and have a Mercedes Benz. I'm like, dude, if you only knew, if you only knew, I couldn't afford. In fact, I could probably barely afford to put gas in the thing. Thank God the company puts the gas in it for me. It's not my car. And as he left, you know, ashamed and embarrassed and mortified and I thought to myself, isn't that interesting how we make those judgments based on outward appearance? James had something to say about that, didn't he? Somebody walks into your assembly, your church, I mean, bling, gold rings. I mean, they pull up in a brand new Mercedes Benz. They walk in, you're like, hey, brother, come on in. Have a seat. Here, can I get you anything? Oh, I see how it is. And here's another guy pulling up in a 2011 Hyundai Sonata that's on its third engine. (laughs) And you're like, hey, can you park over there? Can you sit in the overflow? You know, they've done studies on this too. True story. One more, and then I'm, yeah, I better not promise that. So, true story. Years ago, on the mainland, they took a guy, young guy, and they dressed him up in jeans that had tears in them, and just a white, sort of dirty t-shirt. Walks into a Cadillac dealership. Nobody gives him the time of day. I mean, you know, finally one guy says, you know, are you here for a job application? What's he going to be, the lot boy, wash the cars? And he says, no, actually, um, my dad sent me in to place an order. And he pulls a list out of his pocket for all of these Cadillacs, some of which are custom Cadillac limousines. He looks like he's looking for a job. Oh, it's interesting. You made a judgment based on the appearance, the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Take that same kid, put him in a suit and a tie, fix his hair, make him look look the part. What is that saying? Fake it till you make it. Walk in. Hey, sir, how can I help you? I'm looking for a job. Do you have a job as a wash boy, a lot boy? (laughs) Verse 21. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. Stop right there. 
That verse alone, stand alone. We read it, we know it, we say it, we even sing it. But do we believe it? When God says, I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. And it's really interesting when Isaac goes to bless who he thought was Esau, but was Jacob instead. He bases his because he's blind now. He's old and he can barely see. And his mom, Jacob and Esau's mom, Rebecca, makes the venison like she taught Esau to make it, which was his dad's favorite. And because Esau was hairy, she takes skins and makes his arms hairy, makes him smell it, smell the part, and feel the part. And Isaac says to Jacob, who he thinks is Esau, and Jacob, by the way, lies and says, I'm Esau, to get the blessing. And Isaac says these words, very interesting. He says, the feeling, the smell is that of Esau, but the words are that of Jacob. And he makes his decision based on the smell he smelled and the feeling he felt, not on the word he heard. You follow me? Did you make that connection? In other words, a decision is made by feelings, not by the word, even though they are contradicting each other. And he made that decision based on what he, his senses, what he felt, what he smelled, but the word he heard contradicted it. Now, why do I bring that up? Because sometimes we feel like God is distant, like God has forgotten me, like God is not hearing, let alone answering my prayers. I just don't feel the Lord's presence right now. Oh, so we're living by feelings now? We're walking by feelings. How many decisions have we made to our own peril based on our feelings and not on the Word? See, we have God's Word here. And He says, I will never forget you. You will not be forgotten by me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I've given you my Word. And then here come the feelings that contradict it. Which one are we going to go with? Are we going to go with the feelings, or are we going to go with the word that we've heard? Verse 22, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions, and like a cloud your sins. Okay, I'm sorry, but (laughs) praise the Lord for this, right? But he's likening our sins to a cloud. Now, I would suggest that some of us have thicker clouds than others. Uh, My cloud is like a big black storm cloud, you know, (laughs) thick. I mean, he says thick here, but mine's really thick. But he's blotted it out. And then he says this, return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing, verse 23, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, 
you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forests, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified Himself in Israel. Man, how are you still silent, right? I love it every time I read it in God's Word when it talks about loud or shout, because I can do loud and shout. It is a custom in my country. (laughs) What do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? You know, I know this side of glory, you know, when it comes to, especially on a Thursday night, I mean, hey, I'll admit it. Thursday afternoon, I think it's a spiritual thing, you know. There's us just this drowsiness and fatigue and tiredness, you know. And you get home from work, you're like, I don't think I'm going to go tonight. Wait, I have to go. I'm teaching the Bible study. <laughs> but I mean, there's this, you know, tiredness. And so, and so, and then, and then you just, you force yourself, you get in the car, you come to church, and you start worshiping. And at first it's kind of like this. Oh, by the way, the worship Capono, oh man, oh man, that Keith Green song brought back so many memories. And Jesus, 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 <laughs> there's just something about that name. Man, oh boy, wow. I'm in the back, you don't know this. I'm, in, I'm bawling like a baby. <laughs> just wow, Lord, just praising. But at first it's more like this. Jesus, Jesus, and then the Lord inhabits the praises of His people, Psalm 1611, and the Holy Spirit begins to fill you. And I mean, it's more like, Jesus, and it's loud. Hey, it's a joyful noise, maybe more on the noise part than the joyful but it's still under the Lord. It's not for you, by the way. So stop looking at the person behind you, especially if it's me, like, you know, when they're out of tune, like, it's not for you. It's for Him. To Him, it's beautiful. I am in perfect key, perfect pitch. (laughs) I mean, I can't carry a note across the street, but the Holy Spirit takes that note, and oh, man. And it just blesses the heart of God. I just, when we're in heaven, worshiping Him, I mean, it's it's indescribable. Indescribable. There are no words in any language given among men to describe what it's going to be like when we're just worshiping before the throne of God. Worthy, and we already got the words by the way. You can practice now. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. And it's like God saying, what are you doing? Worshiping these gods. Do you see the contrast here on the heels of remembering the folly 
of making and worshiping man-made idols. God's saying, (laughs) return to me, remember me, worship me. I am God. I, the emphasis on I am the Lord your God. That's not your God. Why do you worship it? Worship me. Verse 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers, and drives diviners mad. I like that. Who turns wise men backward, and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant, and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places. Who says to the deep, verse 27, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers. Who says of verse 28, Cyrus, that's his name, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Wow. Oh, so much here. I wish I would have saved a little bit more time to expound on this. Actually, we'll pick up on this, Lord willing, in chapter 45 next week. But this is one of the most astounding prophecies in all of Scripture. This prophecy concerning Cyrus. And here's why. God, through the prophet Isaiah, is naming Cyrus some 200 years before he came onto the scene. It's likely that when this prophecy was given concerning Cyrus, his parents hadn't even been born yet. I'll give you a moment on that. And God is saying, I'm going to, there's going to be a man, his name is Cyrus, by the way, 200 years in the future, and I'm going to use this man. And he will give the order to the Jews to rebuild the city, and not just the city, but the temple too. Wait, what happened? Oh, you didn't hear? Oh, it hasn't happened yet. That's right, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me, I, I forgot. I'm God, and I'm the only one that knows the future. You don't know the future, but, so I'm sorry. You don't, you don't, oh, you don't know what's going to happen? Oh. Um, the Jews are going to be taken captive into Babylon. And the Babylonians are going to destroy the city of Jerusalem, and they're also going to destroy the temple. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. I'm just telling you now. And, but, (laughs) uh, there's going to be this guy, he's going to be born. uh, I already named him. His parents just don't know that yet because they haven't been born yet. But 
His name is going to be Cyrus. And did you know that it's this verse, verse 28, and the verses that follow in chapter 45, and those like them concerning this Cyrus, that has been fodder for the skeptic and the anti-Christ Christian, I say it like that for a reason, who questions the infallibility of God's Word. Well, that can't be. That's impossible. Well, there must have been two Isaiahs. Because there's no way that Isaiah could have written about this guy named Cyrus 200 some years before he was even on the scene. There must have been two Isaiahs. Oh, is that what you think? Well, you have a huge problem. Because Jesus quoted from Isaiah, not Isaiah's. There's not two Isaiah's. He quoted from Isaiah. So if there's two Isaiah's, there would have been a distinction. No, God, who is the first and the last, who knows the end from the beginning, has foretold, as He alone can, the future. And He's encouraging His people. They are going to give God their undivided attention. Now at the time that this is written, they're not listening. This is, uh, why are you bothering? Why are you even bothering with, with this? What are you talking about? Temple, city, destruction, Babylonians, Cyrus? Who's that? Oh, you'll see. Because this was exactly what would happen. And as Scripture unfolds, and for those of you who know the Word of God and the God of the Word, you know how with precision accuracy, exactly as God said it would happen, it happened exactly that way. It would be a man named Cyrus. He would become king and he would give the order to have the city rebuilt and the temple rebuilt exactly as God said it would. Now, let's fast forward to the present day. Are you kidding me right now? God's told us what's going to happen in the future. That's what I mean by look at his track record. Um, I think he's been 100% accurate, not 99.9999999, accurate. God said it, that settles it. What were you worried about again? Do you know what God said is going to happen? Why are you afraid? Do not fear, nor be afraid. Father in heaven, thank you so much. God, this is... I know we needed to hear this tonight. This is a word fitly spoken for many, myself included. A much needed reminder of who you are, how good you are, and the reason why it is that we have nothing to fear. You are God. You formed us in our mother's womb. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You formed us, you made us, you love us. And you forgive us, and you have a plan for us, and you've told us what that plan is. 
So Lord, thank you. And lastly, Lord, Maranatha, come quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old wind.